Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Jesus said, Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is starting to look like a church is being built back there. It's very exciting as the steel continues to go up. The church is really starting to to take shape. I was back there at the fence line earlier this week, and I was standing under the shadow of that steel, and I was looking up and sort of marveling at it all and taking it in. It was very exciting. You can now sort of see exactly where the church is going to be and how big it's going to be, and perhaps even you can envision what it might be look like. It was very, very exciting to go back there. And I invite you to do the same, to go and see the progress, to go and see for yourself what the Holy Spirit is doing here at the Chapel of the Cross. I've gotten a lot of good questions over the past couple of years and really recently, uh, a lot of good questions about the new worship space, such as how many will the new space hold? That's a great question because one of the catalysts, one of the reasons for us even building this space is so that we may welcome more people here to this loving Christ-centered community here at the Chapel of the Cross. Because you see, we're a growing, thriving parish. We're growing along with this area around us. And so we need more space for people to come, to rest, to find a home. And we also need more space for our CEOs at Christmas and Easter. It's Christmas and Easter only. I really, I, 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 I hate, I will use that word, I hate sending people to the parish hall during those services and saying we don't have enough room for you here, but go watch it on the projector. That's not very welcoming. Yeah, we say it as welcoming as we can, but we're building a new space so that we all might have a place all might have a seat at Christmas and Easter. And so, from what I've been told, it will seat uh, 400, 40 folks up front, which includes everyone here, the choir, uh, the acolytes, the clergy, and then 360 in, in the pews. And I've gotten the question, well, what will service times look like? Because, you know, you 845ers want to make sure that that combined service in the new space, it ain't going to be too late. And those 11 o'clockers, they want to make sure that combined service isn't going to be too early. 
So the prevailing thought is 7.30 and 5 will still be here. You'll still be able to get married, buried and baptized from this place. But we will combine this service and the 11 o'clock service, those two principal morning services, those two bigger services, into one community, one body of Christ at a time to be determined. <laughs> at a time to be determined. And my favorite question that I've gotten that is, uh, I don't get as much as the other two, but still it's my favorite question, is which way is the altar going to face in the new worship space? As you know here, we have uh, an east-facing uh, altar is attached to the wall, and the priest you know, faces that way when saying the Eucharistic prayer along with you all. Well, the thought is that in the new space, that altar will come out and the priest will face the congregation. Me as a priest, this is all I've ever known. It is what I've gotten used to. I have gotten used to facing away from the people, from facing east. That's what I know. So when I go into another church, when I supply at another church and I'm facing the people, there's a little trepidation there for me. I'm taken back a little bit. I'm like, oh, wow, they can actually see what I'm doing up here. <laughs> they can see if I'm making a mistake. But when each and every Sunday, when we are facing this way, when we are facing east, something really neat, something wonderful, something poignant happens. You all don't know about it, and it took me quite a while to even recognize it. But at that moment when I hold up the chalice, reflected behind me in the silver of the chalice is you all, is your faces the faces of the saints here on earth. While at the same time, I'm able to look out through those windows, look out through those windows to where the saints who have gone before us lie in wait. All of us together, the living and the dead, all of us together. It's a beautiful picture of the communion of saints it is a beautiful picture of what this All Saints Sunday is about. All of us praying together. All of us waiting expectantly and patiently for our Lord Jesus Christ who has promised He will return to us. Today at the 11 o'clock service, we will baptize Henry Ames and William Alford. We will baptize them into this body of Christ, into the communion of saints. They will receive those promises that we all have through the waters of baptism. The promise that the Holy Spirit will be with us wherever we go. The Holy Spirit, God's presence, God's very presence will never leave us. That we are assured of the forgiveness of our sins and that we are assured of our place in God's eternal habitations when we become one of those saints who has gone before. I want to tell you about one of those saints that lies back there. I want to tell you a story about one of those saints. Maybe you've heard of Sandy Stater. If not, ask the person in the pew next to you. As Edith told me earlier this week, he didn't have a shy bone in his body. I've been taking communion to Edith and Sandy when he was in the hospital. And I got there the Monday before he died. And Sandy was resting. 
Sandy was out of it. And so Edith and I shared the Eucharist together. And I got to that last part of the service where I said, let us bless the Lord. And Sandy woke up with a start and said, thanks be to God. (laughs) And then he was back out. Thanks be to God. The grave, death, has not silenced that voice. In fact, it rings out even louder, if that's possible, even more clearer now. What this day is about is giving thanks. Giving thanks for the communion of saints. Giving thanks that God has woven us together, all of us together, in the communion of saints, the living and the dead. Who do you miss today? Who do you love but you see no longer? Who is that person? Who are those people? Death itself cannot separate you from that person, from those people. Death itself cannot separate us one from another in the body of Christ, one another in the love of Christ, one another in the communion of saints. That person you miss, you are bound to that person through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. You are bound to that person, the living and the dead, all of us together in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. St. Paul says, whether we are alive or whether we are dead, we are alive in Christ. We are dead in Christ. Therefore, we are always in Christ. That is the communion of saints. St. Paul also goes on to say that nothing can separate us from Christ. Nothing can separate us one from another. And he has that whole long laundry list of things, rulers, heights, principalities, things to come, things present, height or depth. Nothing can separate us from one another in the communion of saints. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for God's plan of salvation. Thanks be to God for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the King of saints. Thanks be to God that we are woven together as Jesus Christ being the fabric, one to another. Thanks be to God. Alleluia and amen.